catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning. I'm Jack Prater, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Gainesville is now the first community in Florida to publicly launch a blueprint to become a certified welcoming city to immigrants. This strategy aims to guide city and county leaders in making the community more inclusive. I sat down with WUFT's Katie Heisen to break down the city's plans. Sure. So on Tuesday, Gainesville became the first community in Florida to publicly launch a blueprint to become a certified welcoming city to immigrants. That certification is designed by a nonprofit called Welcoming America, and it has pretty rigorous criteria for what it means for a community to be truly immigrant inclusive. So this blueprint is meant to guide city and county leaders in what steps need to be taken to meet that criteria. It's the result of 15 months of collaboration between the city and community members and input from a couple hundred of our foreign-born neighbors. So they unveiled that at the Matheson History Museum yesterday, and I was there. And what was the energy like in this room? Yeah, I think one thing that stood out is that the room was pretty packed, and it was filled with... um, city and county commissioners, representatives from the Gainesville Police Department, community organization leaders. And so the room really reflected the collaborative process and all the people that went into creating this blueprint. What achievements has the city made leading up to this day? A big piece has been the community IDs. Those are alternative photo identification that anyone can apply for. The city, county, school board, UF Health, and the Gainesville Police Department have all started accepting those IDs. Immigrant advocates are still calling for the Alachua County Sheriff's Office to follow suit. Um, The city commission also recently endorsed a program that, if it's approved, would create a call-in translation line and greatly expand the translation of city materials, at first offering Spanish with possibly other languages down the road. The program would also create a city position for an immigrant liaison. And last month, Gainesville police also produced a video in Spanish explaining their recent language access efforts. And now, of course, we have this blueprint, which gives more than 70 action items the city and county can take. What's next for the city in following these new guidelines? That's a great question. This effort was a collaboration between the city and the community. So I think it's safe to assume the city will be eyeing how to make these action steps a reality, but it's important to know that there's no clear cost given for achieving this, and it will likely be a long process with many proposals and votes by the commissions at each step. And the certification isn't really the goal in itself, but it would mark that Gainesville has achieved what they've determined is necessary to be truly inclusive to immigrants. Is there anything you wanted to add that we didn't talk about? Immigrants can often be an afterthought in city planning, but they make up more than 10% of Gainesville's population, and they caused almost a quarter of our population growth in recent years. They also represent about 14% of the spending power in our county and contribute tens of millions of dollars to state and local taxes. So this isn't just a nice gesture or even social advocacy. It's really a question of 
how to best support a significant part of our population because the community's success is intertwined with their success. That was WUFT's Katie Heisen on her latest story about Gainesville's blueprint for welcoming immigrants. Now, let's get into some other top headlines. Fresh Take Florida reports five inmates were indicted on voter fraud charges following a jailhouse registration drive in Alachua County. The inmates were registered as two Democrats, one Republican, and two who did not affiliate themselves with any political party. They were charged with violating a voting law that requires court fees to be paid before a felon's right to vote is restored. A state investigation which began in July was followed by the resignation of T.J. Pichet, who visited the jail for a registration drive, according to jail visitor logs. Inmate Henry Thomas Schiller III said he was told by Pichet, the former outreach director for the Alachua County Supervisor of Elections, that it was perfectly legal for him to register and vote in the 2020 elections. The voter registrations for all the men charged in Alachua County have been revoked. Governor Ron DeSantis expects lawmakers will make changes in Florida's troubled property insurance system sometime this year, at the latest after the November elections, WLRN reports. DeSantis did not include property insurance issues as part of a special session that he called Tuesday on congressional redistricting, leaving a decision on insurance to legislative leaders. The House and Senate could not reach agreement on an insurance plan during this year's regular session, which ended March 14th. Property insurers have sought major rate increases and shed customers to reduce financial risks, with two insurers recently going insolvent. DeSantis says more legislative action is needed. A supplemental feeding program that served up more than 190,000 pounds of lettuce to hungry manatees in the Indian River Lagoon is expected to end on Friday, WMFE reports. A record 1,101 manatees died in Florida last year, many from starvation in the sprawling lagoon. In winter, they gather near power plants, but excess nutrients from homes and farms have clouded the water with algae and killed much of the seagrass they eat. State and federal wildlife officials are working together to address the unusual die-off of manatees. Already this year, more than 440 have died. That's high, but not as bad as in 2021. Ron Mezich, a branch chief with the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Committee, says it's unclear how many were saved with supplemental feeding. When we had our coldest weather this winter, we had counts upwards of 800 animals at the supplemental feeding site. That occurred for a few days. It was much more common to see numbers between 150 and 350 during January and, and you know, mid-February. The supplemental feeding program is ending as the manatees disperse, water temperatures rise, and warm weather lies ahead. Far fewer are showing up. Subscribe to The Point newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jack Prater, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great day.